Welcome in. Yeah, cool, man. Welcome to the the bridge of the voyage of the geek. Dan Miller, Dave Scotland, and uh, we get together regularly every week to waffle at one another about all things geek. What's uh, what's been happening through the week, Dan? In your week, uh, cold and wet. Cold's an understatement. Yeah, it's cold and bloody <laughs> gloomy, and we're just talking about whiskey in Scotland. I think it's pretty much Scotland weather. Feels a bit, a bit primal. Yes, at it the does. moment. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? Same. Uh, I enjoy, I enjoy the wet, dreary weather, provided I'm inside a, a nice, centrally heated place. Like looking out into the onto the rain. Mm-hmm. Nothing better for me. I love it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I uh, I do like the gloom. I like a bit of gloom, but yeah, that's got to be got to be matched with a nice, warm house that you're sitting inside. Absolutely. You got to have something to do, and then. Now and then just gaze out at the ordinary day that's outside. <laughs> Where you don't have to be. That's it. <laughs> so, yes, pretty quiet week. Um, we've sorted out some of our early issues uh, with delay and things like that. And so, technically, I think we we have no excuses anymore. Mm-hmm. And now it's just up to us to uh, uh, continuous, continually find things uh, that are interesting to talk about, which I don't think is a problem uh, in this day and age. There's plenty of that stuff around, absolutely. What have you got your eye on this week? Well, <clears throat> I'm still in the Ghostbusters zone from last week. I don't think we've uh, explored all of the nooks and crannies. There's actually quite a lot of it to talk about. Um, so and new figures. Yeah, I haven't checked the new figures. Only very briefly checked the new figures, but I think you know it's tailing off a little bit. So this is the figures for the um, the sales, ticket sales, yeah, yeah. Right? box office, box office. So it's fifty forty six or something other last week. I think it might be about sort of half that. Yeah, I think this so too. week sixty eight in total. I think sixty eight in total. That's right. For ten days, I think it's been up for ten days. Yeah. <clears throat> so forty six. Yeah. So that's about half for that for the next week. Mm. So yeah. All right. So that's that's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, what I was discussing about yesterday was, um, you know, I suppose ultimately is Ghostbusters 2016 a good movie and how would you, um, how would you measure it? Um, so what I've been doing is I've been watching a lot of reviews and that sends you off on all sorts of little, uh, surfing adventures through the, through the internet to go and check things and look things up and i suppose what's been fascinating for me is the controversy surrounding it and the reasons why people think the way they do about whatever their opinion is about the movie uh so i've collected a whole bunch of stuff that kind of explores a whole bunch of that and Um, just quickly what we're looking at there is is the mindomo mind map that you're going to be um using for the show in general but also for specific topics like this just in case someone's looking at that wondering what that is yeah yeah so there's as i've been sort of i don't know internet researching and coming across interesting little things i've just been sort of jotting them down in this um mind map so that you can cruise around here and you can uh investigate and explore it's like a sort of condensed version of the internet i suppose or at least my sort of search looking around for various different things so 
Yeah, um, seems to be a very polarizing uh, movie, right? So it's a very polarizing uh, experience. And there are some people that really don't like it. And then there are some people that kind of do like it. And yeah, it's a bit interesting just to investigate the spectrum. We were talking yesterday about unpositive reviews. Mm. And this was this was this strange phenomenon which I was investigating where people seemed to give a positive review to the movie. Yeah. But they certainly had a lot of negative things in it that they didn't approve of. Yeah. And so our um, primary example here was this this guy. guy John uh, Campier. Yeah, John Campier. So he'd said that he liked it and he enjoyed it and da-da-da, but the language that he was using to describe the things that he didn't like yeah. was certainly a lot more... Um, expressive, shall we say, than the language that he was... Certainly passionate. Certainly a lot more passionate, yeah. right? So, and I've noticed that there's a few people like that. Another interesting thing, I think, is that there are different types of reviews, different mm. different <coughs> sub-genres of critique. And some people are critics in a very cerebral sense <laughs> yeah right i know and, where you're going right and they yeah. like to talk about the characters and the things and the and the the way it was constructed mm. whether it's the script or the story or the characters the way it's put together and how things so there's that type it's an appraisal of what is yeah as opposed to potentially an appraisal of what i thought it should be or what i felt about it and that was another bunch another group of people all oh, right that sort of Discuss about how it, how it felt how it to made, them. How it made me feel. feel. Yeah, I laughed, yeah. I enjoyed it, I had fun. And then there's another type, which is which is possibly, well, I don't know, I, the, the, the type that I get least out of. I get more out of the people that are very cerebral and discussing about the bits and pieces and how it goes together. And then I also get quite a bit out of the people that explain that they, what, what it made them feel like and what, what, they, what they experienced from it. But then there's another type which are just people that just describe it. And that, that I find is the most bland. Yeah. Okay, so they say, yeah. it's a movie and there are four characters and here are their names and here are the actresses' names and it begins at the start and then there's the middle and then there's the end. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. my review of the movie, which is really just this sort of sequential sort of description with no underlying you know, investigation into the mechanics and nothing even really about what they feel about the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's these three sort of sort of genres that, that go on. The um, I, I, I think we should probably have you still got the link for the John Campier statement? Yeah, yeah, that's it there. Because I, I think we should have a quick play of it, right? Okay. But before we do, um, f- feel free to 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 cue it up. I I got a feeling there's a lot of people like John. Now I've seen John do reviews before, mm-hmm. and and I like their mm-hmm. reviews because they're they're connected. Mm-hmm. They, they, they. It's not like your Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's, it's. They're fanboys. Mm, yeah? yeah. Okay. And I've got a feeling that is part of what he's going through there with yeah. the un. What's the phrase? The I'm saying that I'm, I'm defining this term called unpositive re- review. The unpositive review. And I think, <laughs> uh, well, it could be. It's, it's an idea I've got that. Because he is so connected to the property, mm-hmm. it's not a new. He's not making appraisal of it. I think mm-hmm. he falls into the camp of, um, and I think he really wants to make an unbiased appraisal, but it's entrenched into his psyche, and it's impossible for him to not remove his preconception 
of what it sh could have been, should have been, would have been, whatever. And he's probably changed his mind 60 times since he first heard that they were making a movie and maybe even had some ideas of what it could be before they even announced that they were making a movie. He's that sort of guy. He's, think, in, he's really into the culture. I think this is a really important point, that, that something that factors into their opinion of a movie mm. is what you think it should be. Mm. Matching up to what you think it should be. There's this type of... Maybe it's not it's not necessarily expectation, but it's it's something similar to that. It's like um, your goal, yeah. I suppose, and it might be even you know your goal in life. Does it match up with your goals in life yeah. somehow? And if it doesn't, it's another version of <clears throat> it wasn't as good as the book. Yeah, yeah. Only the book yeah. is going on in their head, and they're the only ones that know what it's supposed to look like. Yes, it wasn't as good as the, yeah, perhaps what I hoped or. What and I get it. And we're all guilty of that. We're absolutely all guilty of that, and we've been let down so many times. Mm. It's constant, uh, constant point of discussion on the internet and forums and and in videos, is this? You know, please give up the reboot. You know, please give give up the remake. And and the the Ghostbusters is at the, is at the pointy end yeah. of the wedge. Because they know, get it wrong right so much, at don't the they? Tip. So let's just play then. Uh, yeah, just yeah. A bit let's of John have a look at John. And just listen to what he has to say. But it's not all sunshine and roses for Ghostbusters. I so I'll just stop him there. He he did begin by saying that you know he was um, he was uh, he liked it and he uh, enjoyed it and he laughed as well. I think is also what he said. So not, but, not all. But as he was discussing those things, as he was mentioning those things, it was a it was fairly um, passionless. Passionless, exactly. Yeah. He said, I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. He was you reporting know. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing that, just the reporting. Yeah. So anyway, and then this comes along. I want to talk about the one big major problem with this film that made me end up coming out of Ghostbusters going, you know what? I liked Ghostbusters. I liked it. I had a good time. I laughed. But I would have come out of this movie loving this movie if it wasn't for this big, huge, glaring, train bus wreck of a problem that kept happening every 15 minutes and here's the problem cameos i'm not talking about just when a fit like bill murray does a cameo we've known that forever i'm not just talking about when bill murray comes walking in i'm talking about i swear to god every 15 freaking damn minutes in this movie it's like the filmmakers and ivan reitman had to go don't forget, guys, there was an original, and the original was classic, because they had to throw at us some sort of cameo, whether it was a cameo of a piece of music, or a cameo of a piece of art, or a cameo of a creature, or a cameo of an actor, I, or a cameo of a joke. I so, okay, so, so clearly there's, a, there's a, um, something going on there. There's something going on there that's individual, that's going on inside. It's not a... We didn't go from dry to wet, you know, and we all experienced it. So mm -hmm. he, something going on in the, in his brain there where he went from the professional. Yeah. And maybe maybe also it doesn't uh, help the fact that he was probably a young guy mm. when he first saw the first Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. And that that can play very strongly on bringing back very strong emotions about certain things. Mm. We've seen it with Star Wars. Stuff like that. There's another factor that's I think at play here is that if you have a look at the number of subs that he's got, yeah, fifty six um, thousand. Mm. Um, <clears throat> because there's so much controversy about the movie and it's so polarizing, 
I think there is a, a tendency that if you're more popular or mainstream, you yeah. actually have to appeal to that popular mainstream demographic and you can't be polarised, right? Because you're trying to appeal to 150,000, 1,000 yeah. people. Yeah. You have to take the average of what their opinions will be and that will be somewhere in the middle and then you have to sort of hover around that zone and you yeah. can't really go off on a insane rant because if you do you will piss off 50,000 people in the world mm. 50,000 people will probably be like yeah in agreement so the sort of risk reward is a lot more um a lot more poignant i think you're right the somewhere in his makeup as a he's a commentator He's, he's absolutely 100%. I think he derives his living from it. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, he's sure a commentator does, yeah. on the tentpole movies, the pop stuff. It's, um, And you, you're right. Somewhere in the mix, he has to be aware of his audience. Otherwise, he's going to be a short-lived commentator. Right. Now, we can go and check out some other reviews. Now, imagine that you work for the New York Times. Yeah. What are you going to say about a movie? What if it's if it's a terrible movie? You know, are you going to say, this was a piece of shit movie? <laughs> you obviously can't use that language, but yeah. you probably can't go that extreme just because of where you sit in the uh, in the sort of, in the spectrum. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so that's one, one angle. Mm -hmm. um, another one of the angles that I've been looking at is the humour, and this is very subjective, right? The humour inside the movie. And... Now, one of the things also I, I need to note, and this is something that, that people do who, who are, you know, who are um, reviewing the movie, so it's a bit of a tradition almost, is you have to sort of declare your biases or yeah. whatever. Yep. And so, you know... So you've run into a lot of that when looking at a lot of these reviews that people sort of put it out there up front. And they have to reassure yeah. the audience that they're not going to be biased, they're not going to be, yeah. you know... Have you seen any of the opposite? Where people up front are saying, "I didn't get into the original one. I didn't. Th I thought it was crap. You know, like are we seeing? Because um, there's a whole generation out there that were definitely not even thought of when the original was around. Mm. How have they? You know, the younger commentators of it. This are we seeing sort of a, the opposite qualification that I really? didn't get into the or didn't see the original but 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 here's my no, review. Not, not a lot of people who comment on that yeah. Uh, yeah. people who, who never saw the original occasionally mm. people kind of refer to the fact that they're more mm. pokemon go to generation yeah. um but no not, not a lot of people that's some of the concern with people is that if you don't concern with some people is that if you don't know the original and you see this one yeah you know you could potentially think well that's the standard then mm. okay that's cool um, and then you know compare the original, and that's part of the part of the problem that we're getting into that people are people are finding. Okay, so one of them is the humour in it, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> now, I've not seen the movie. <laughs> okay, so this is where we have to talk about our biases, right? Yeah, yeah. I've not seen the movie, right. and that's one of the complaints that a lot of people have. If like, yeah. what you don't like it, but you haven't seen the movie. Mm. You know, and my response to that actually is, well, I'm I'm more interested, really, to be honest with you, about what people think of the movie yeah, rather yeah. than the movie itself. Absolutely, it's it's safe to call it a fascination. Yeah, and yeah. and I get it too. You know, it's it's so fascinating. There's so many layers of it. Yeah, 
but you know you don't have to be involved you know you don't don't have to be involved in a uh, in a plane crash to know that you don't want to be in a plane crash absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah. you can listen to other people and they can say I'll tell you what it was like yeah you know so anyway so humor all right so there's a whole bunch of people that I've collected here that were talking about um, their experiences with um, the humor in the movie and uh, and <laughs> mundane Matt yeah mundane Matt are you familiar with mundane Matt <laughs> no but no I'm... he's a he's, he's a cool guy he's a yeah, cool. commentator yeah um, and I've got another thing to present of mundane Matt's so let's these are all queued up so we'll just have a quick listen at a few people mm-hmm. and they're um, they're talking now. This is me actually kind of collecting. This is where we have to talk about our biases here, right? Yeah. I'm collecting people who didn't like the movie very much. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Now, to be fair, though, I'm not really coming across fans of the movie. Really? For the opposite case. You either get John Cam- Campia mediocre. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. Yeah. But that thing pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or you get people who are just like purely in the pissed off zone. Mm. But you don't really get people who are like... Fucking a <laughs> shit, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so anyway, so let's have a look at um, at, at a few a few people here. So um, we'll try. We'll start with um, this person here, um, Alachia Queen. Um, she Alashia. does Alashia Queen. She yeah. does a really excellent review, and she's really switched on about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll fire off her. This is about the humor. <laughs> that being said, okay. The woman on the left side of me and the guy on the right side of me, totally not connected, don't know them, laughed the entire film. They really enjoyed this film. So I'm not saying that this is not going to be enjoyable for everyone. It was just not enjoyable for me. And I really dislike everything about this film, everything it stood for. I like, I disliked the film because it was boring and I hated the jokes. I hated the jokes. What did it stand but for? That being said... <laughs> If someone says that they like this film, they might as well have liked this film. And- okay. Yeah. And that's an interesting point. Everything that it stands for. Mm. And this is going to tie into some, some, of the, some of the places where I want to go in conclusion to this. Yep. This is about people. Yeah, I don't think she's alone. I've heard no, other no, people no, no, say no. that. No, no, no. And, and it's going to tie into part of the way that people critique the, the films is what it stands for is kind of related to them personally. Yeah, right? yeah. All right, so let's go into another one. These two guys are pretty funny, so we'll check out these two guys. I think it's summed up, but there was a man behind us who laughed throughout it. But when we say laugh throughout it, he wasn't just laughing at jokes. Literally, whenever a, a character finished a sentence, <laughs> and I think it was the thing he just... Chris Hemsworth walked into a room before... When the introduction of the character, Chris Hemsworth just walks in the room, and the man <laughs> went... <laughs> We kept turning around like I right. asked him to be quiet and he and he didn't. I had to move. He he I was had to laugh. move in the cinema. He would laugh at <laughs> everything. Yeah. And every time there was a cameo, it was just a shot of, you know, Bill Murray. You go like as if it's the yeah. funniest thing he's ever seen. It's not a joke. And that's the thing is the movie kind of expects you to laugh just because. Mm. Why Alright. So uh, that's another experience, right, of, of people in the movie. So we'll just go on to... Um, I think we've lost one of our cameras. Please continue. Uh, I'll try and get this camera working. Okay, technical difficulties. Okay, so we'll go and check out... Um, we'll check out um, Mundane Matt. It was just like... It just was mediocre. 
like I'm sitting back like stone faced most of the movie and I'm trying to laugh. But here's the thing. The audience wasn't really laughing either. The the heavy set, heavy breathing, loud chewing woman behind me. She occasionally chuckled and she chortled at the end with the Sigourney Weaver bit. But ultimately, yeah, but I mean, she was like loud throughout the fucking trailers and everything. Um, but, uh, you know, I was listening for her cues. This is on the fly pit work. So I was listening for her cues <laughs> or anyone else's cues to maybe kind of pick up on something. And no one was laughing. In fact, I tweeted out before the movie started that there were less than 30 people at the 7.45 p.m. screening. This is an early night screening at a theater in a town with 100,000 people. And it's the only fucking theater. All right. Movies like Star Wars. All right. So I've got a couple of other, other um, clips here. But essentially people are saying the same thing. There was either nobody laughing or some people that just seem to like, just like go right off. Yeah. Just like, like rockets. Yeah. And laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. So that <clears throat> I felt was a pretty, pretty bizarre, um, a pretty bizarre thing. So continue on to your next video. I'm going to swap over this camera charger pack. Although, oh, hang on. All right. No, I've got to swap over the charger pack. So continue on, Dan. Okay, cool, cool. All right. So, um, where this is going to take me next is um, so I've got a bunch of these other videos. So there's there's a whole bunch of people talking about this. Um, I wanted to go on to um, uh, an article that was written by Paul Feig called um, "Why Men." aren't funny all right so this is a response to an article written by um by um yeah christopher hitchens sorry article written by christopher hitchens uh and so this is going to be um, just a bit of an investigation into humor and the subjective nature of humor, right? So why aren't women funny? So this is this is a joke. Oh, this is a joke. This is an article written by Christopher Hitchens. Yes. Okay. We're back with vision, by the way. We apologize. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yes. What was wrong? I got a feeling when I bought the GoPro, Kogan, who I bought it from, mm-hmm. Who gave me a great price? It's still two hundred dollars cheaper than you can get a Hero Four today. I still mm-hmm. don't know why they they were so cheap, but they sent me a USB wall socket adapter. Okay, it's twice now. It's uh, decided to just stop. Yeah. Just not want to play. Okay. So, and I, it pains me to say it. Uh-huh. The only way that I can get reliable power to the GoPro is through an Apple oh dear. USB adapter, wall socket adapter. But please continue, <laughs> sir. Why? Tell me why women, according to this article, aren't funny. Okay, so <clears throat> why women aren't funny. Now, this is going to um, – so this is Christopher Hitchens. Now, this is a bit of an investigation, I suppose, yeah, into humor, subjective nature of humor, and um, ultimately we're going to sort of come in on a landing on Paul Feig. All right, because mm-hmm. he's the director of the movie. <clears throat> yes. Why women aren't funny? What this is related to is a um, a study 
a study that was done at Stanford University, no less, mm -hmm. where they got a bunch of people. Um, actually, it's a fairly small study, so don't put too much. It's done at Stanford University, and it's all scientific and everything, but there's only about 20 people involved in the study, yeah. so you've got to be a bit careful of those type of things when it's in small numbers. But they... Um, so what were their findings? So they stuck a bunch of um, people in front of cartoon jokes. Okay. Right? And they stuck MR MRI like things Like newspaper on. cartoons. Yeah, like yeah. Like a one frame. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they stuck a um, MRI thing and they're doing brain scans on people while they're observing, <coughs> watching, watching the yeah. humour. And they noticed, to their surprise, that there were slight differences in the humour appreciation between men and women. Remember that there's only 20 people in the study, so... Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but the study essentially kind of concluded that the women were... Um, they were less easy to please in terms of appreciating a, a joke as funny. So okay. it, was, it was harder... For them to give it a high score. Okay. It was more okay. difficult to score... Yeah, they were less likely to give it a high score on the, that's a really funny joke. Okay. But when they did appreciate some humour, they thought it was riotously funny and they got a lot more out of it. Okay. So that's the difference, right? Right. So that's as the that's the audience. That's the audience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so that was the kind of findings. And um, it was related to brain space, you know, things mm. going on inside the brain and the amount of activity in certain areas and how long the activity happened for, you know, that they summarised that the women were harder to please but were much more happy when they did get pleased. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Hitchens then goes, takes this and then just writes this article. Because <laughs> he's, he's on a tightrope, like with that as the title. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, now this is this is actually slightly clickbaity title. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, it's a slightly it, clickbaity title. Is this recent? Did you? No, 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 no. no. This is two thousand seven. But but the article is at two thousand seven. It's not a reprint of an older study. No, the Stanford University thing came out in two thousand seven. Okay, cool. So it is fairly recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so he then goes on, and what he's trying to do in the article is he's just trying to kind of explain. What it is, what this study means, what does it mean in the wild, you know, in the in the larger context, and mm. what does it mean? How does it impact? How does it affect the things around us? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. why is it like that? And and how does it affect the things around us? And the thing that he's saying is why women aren't funny. Funny. He's he's, he's sort of grabbing anecdotal evidence that guys are generally more funny than women. You know, and and you know, although I'm not exactly quoting him, he'd say something like. There are more male comedians than there are female comedians. That's interesting because they're two different things. Like uh, guys are funnier than women. Yep. Is very different to there are more male comedians than women. True. That's Cause, quality. Because one is thing. the one is a ratio. Yep. Of a hundred. The other is a grading. Of the quality. Of the quality. Yeah, you can have loads Which of... Which is really hard to grade. Yeah, yeah. You can have loads of crappy comedians. That yeah, doesn't yeah. mean they're funnier, right? Okay. The funniest comedian in a room full of boring shits might not be that funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he goes on and um, he goes through and explains this. And, um, you know, the way that he's explaining it is... Uh, the way that he's describing it is in, in an evolutionary mm. sort of paradigm, yeah. right? And he says that... 
And this is the funny the, the funny thing about it is that what he's saying is that men have a lot of self-deprecating humor. Ah. <laughs> and he also makes jokes on a meta level where he's because he's a male himself, so he's making jokes about how mm. males are also uh, make self-deprecating yeah. <laughs> humor. Yeah. It makes a joke, for example, about self-defecating humor, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, has somebody you can mix that up, and, and anyway, so he's making jokes about self-deprecating humor, but it's also aimed at himself because he's a male yeah. and he's trying to make jokes, yeah. right? So there's a meta irony thing that's going on Absolutely. inside the article, right? In, in recounting that phenomenon, <clears throat> he is likely to slip into the exact same uh, behavior, yeah. In telling that, yeah. And so he's talking about sort of lowbrow humor as well, yeah. You know, dick and ball oh, jokes yeah, 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 and, yeah. and all of that type yeah. of stuff. There's there's cerebral humor, yeah, and then there's yeah, everything else. Lowbrow, lowbrow type of humor. <laughs> everything else. It's, and so he's trying to bring this all but together. But there's a place for South Park in the world. There is. Yes. Yeah. And, but yeah, and he's saying that that's kind of a male thing. Yeah. And that females, for some reason, don't tend to do humor in the same way. No. Right? And, and this is kind of he's trying to link back to the study where it was more the language part of women's mm. brains that were more engaged with the the humor in the in the thing mm. do you think it's got anything uh, just you mentioned before um the self-deprecating mm -hmm. do you think that's got to do is there any correlation with ego do, do women have more ego or less ego than men because i can speak for myself and the people i grew up with and the people i've been around and there's always ego there's a lot of ego there mm -hmm. i don't see it as often in women mm. I don't see it as often. It's actually quite rare that I see it in women. It's an ugly thing. Are we self-deprecating as a form of reining in that ego? Because if we don't self-deprecate, then it rears its ugly head and we come across as... It's a bit like a tall poppy syndrome. Something completely the opposite, which is usually unattractive. No one wants to be around all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm getting where you're, where you're coming is from. Is ego one of those things of potentially many that cause this thing, this separation? It might be, mm. it might be, and that sounds like a good hypothesis, right? In the in the article, what um, what he's saying also is that um, men do it to get chicks, <laughs> okay, right? And this is the self-deprecating, yeah. not, not the self-defecating, but the self-deprecating <clears throat> humour is that he's saying men do it to get chicks. Yeah, and women don't need to. <laughs> and women don't need to. That's what he's saying, right? He's actually poking fun at men is the thing. So He might be onto something. I've seen a lot of women um, comedians since I've been following a lot of the podcasts by a lot of the big, you know, Joe Rogan mm. and, and Segura and those guys. When you do see... Um, female comedians being interviewed quite often they have backgrounds where they grew up a blokey bloke sort of existence a tomboy or had big brothers or All right underline that thought but yeah keep going do you know what i mean yeah, where yeah. where it's they're usually unique the successful female comics are unique when you compare them to other women and they'll be the first ones to tell you that and that's what he puts out in the article oh cool <laughs> Fat lesbian. I should have gone to Stanford. You know, I think he uses some... some There's some, a gown waiting for me at yeah, Stanford yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah, he uses some... some <laughs> they're either fat, they're lesbians, or they're... You know, he, he puts it in fairly stark terms, but he, he identifies the same thing, yeah. right? The same, but I love the, the fact point. that the theory could piss off women all over the planet if not for the fact that it re relies on a conclusion that 
they're not funny because they don't need to be. That's right. And that, they've this, got all the aces, man. They've got all the aces. You can't exactly. have a family without them, exactly. man. Exactly. This is what he's saying. This is why women aren't funny. Yeah. This is what he's saying. I love it. And it's tied in with that with the study <clears> that yeah. women are, according to this study, which is a very small study, yeah. that the women were harder to impress, but they were much more appreciative of the humour when, yeah, yeah. when they did get impressed. Yeah, harder to, harder to get to the the emotional connection mm. but stronger connection than the average guy yeah yeah, yeah. you can yeah. get a guy to commit you know to f to feel pity to feel whatever but they'll be out of it mm. a lot easier mm. whereas women it's harder to get there and that makes sense to me mm. that's that nurturing they have to have a bloody good reason to engage those emotions because once they do i guess they become the uh the um, the important one in the yeah look, keeping it, it all and together. What you're saying is tying in very closely with the things that he's That's saying. That's hilarious, he, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's so work that back to Ghostbusters for me. Okay. Why? Why does that? Because I understand that, and I think there's a lot of women, including women comedians, that would look at that and say, "Yeah, that's I. I, th I think I can see that." Um. So. But the important thing, the important thing to take away is that why women aren't funny is he's not saying women suck. He's saying no, no. men have to be funny because they're desperate idiots Absolutely. with no other option, Absolutely. right? That's what he's saying. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So how is this um, impacting the situation that's following this film? Okay. So we go back to Paul Feig's article. Mm-hmm. So here we have Paul Feig. So this is the director. So this is the director. Okay. And Paul Feig is going to write a response to this article. Okay. Okay. A response to the article that why women aren't funny. Yes. Okay, cool. And his article which is... Which is based on a study of 20 people. Which is based on a study of 20, but 20 Harvard, people. But it's Stanford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stanford University, cool. right? And we, we kind of went through it in a bit of detail. And, you know, there's some sort of resonances there. But most important thing to take away from it yeah. is that, is that um, you know, Hitchens is not saying, as I said, women suck. Yeah. Is self-deprecating humor, and the article is self-aware and self-deprecating humor. He's saying that men suck, yeah. and they have to be funny because they're desperate, and that's all they've got. Right? That's what he's saying. So anyway, yep. Paul's response is, "Why men aren't funny?" <laughs> <laughs> it's the great debate. I love it. I love the fact that it's a Hollywood director. Yeah. Of a blockbuster film. What that? What? How much did it cost again? One eighty? So one sixty? Uh, something in that ballpark. Yeah. Um, he stops his life to write this article now i don't know whether this is tongue-in-cheek or whether he's being serious or what and it's the hollywood reporter and what do you know anything about the hollywood reporter I, is that a prestigious I think hollywood journal i believe it is I, I believe it is the at at the coalface of what is going on in hollywood <laughs> okay. as opposed to um in the gutter and hiding outside with cameras outside nightclubs at three in the morning that's the opposite end of the spectrum i think this is closer okay to the more reputable end yeah all right all right they at least check check one source <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so paul's response is why men aren't funny and then he goes on to say poor men you hear them in the office you know and they're making their jokes about genitalia and bathroom activities Dick and ball jokes. <laughs> and men just aren't funny. And this isn't funny. This isn't funny is what he's yeah, saying. This yeah, isn't funny. Yeah. This is lowbrow, poor quality humour. 
Oh, sure. And it gets a bit snarky for some reason, yeah. right? Oh, sure. There are men who, sh who truly make us laugh. None come to mind at the moment. It's like, are you for real? <laughs> <laughs> he's quoting English poets. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's found two random people that almost nobody's ever heard of. Euripides? Euripides, right? <laughs> the jokester? <laughs> I, I think Euripides, if you go and check out Euripides. Is he is he one of the uh, demigods or gods? No, no, no. He's, he's a Greek playwright, I okay. think. And I don't know, but we could check this. But back in ancient Greece, you know, there's democracy and yeah. there's philosophy and there's reason and there's logic. They're inventing logic. But they're also watching Euripides, yeah. who has plays with people with gigantic penises yeah, strapped yeah, to their body, yeah. dancing around on stage. Absolutely. <laughs> and they didn't spend as much as they spent on amphitheatres to ha not have theatre ingrained in their uh, in their psyche as well. Um, so anyway, he goes on, on through this and... Um, he then sort of goes into he makes some strange arguments about the the biology of it all and so you know and one of the weird things that i find is that really this is an apologetics piece oh, okay. and he's sort of saying women are funny and they can do it yeah and go my fellow yeah. my sisters my fellow sisters don't you listen to that big bad hitchens dude but as i think i've hopefully explained that he didn't really understand hitchens article he no. was just really reacting to the title yeah as most people would all right, because so, there's words and stuff. There's nowhere near enough pictures for a lot of people. Yeah, that's the right. The original article. So, um, what he's then saying here is, is for, this is a bizarre argument: is that now that we 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 don't need to hunt and gather out on the plains, somehow women can now be more funny. <laughs> Seriously, he went back to hunter gatherer. Uh, I don't I don't understand. It, Hitchens' argument would be that's ingrained in your biology, and yeah. you can't just escape yeah. by saying. It's in your DNA, it's right? He's fast even got becoming... your Y chromosome. It's like if it's in your DNA, you yeah, can't yeah. just escape by just deciding to not do it, right? Um, it's fast becoming as ridiculous an argument and so regularly used as, well, um, Hitler did it, and so <laughs> yeah. you must be his. You know what I mean? Like you can tell an argument has gone shit yes. and you need to just walk away from it when that yeah, gets yeah. pulled out. And also, well, cavemen, you know, they... You know, they didn't do that, so we the, shouldn't be doing that. The same with the 2016 article, you know. Why should you do this or shouldn't do that? Because I it's, think the it's, year, it's 2016, man. This this is the Hollywood Reporter, and that's a letter to the Hollywood Reporter. Yep. Is, that, is that the source of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. From the director of Ghostbusters, yep. trying to justify that women... This is before Ghostbusters, that, though. Before, oh, it's before. before. It's okay. before, though. I thought it was right. after the fact. But even still, trying to justify that 13. women are, are actually funny. Right, and really what we're going towards is Paul Feig's mindset, his yeah. outlook. Yeah. Right, We were talking about various people's outlook on what humour is and what they think is funny. Yeah. So let's just summarise down here. So hail to the funny women, you know. Mm -hmm. Continue to remove, you know, get out there and make, and and we, you know, I like how yeah. he uses we, being a male, talking about... We being, in the know. <laughs> We'll, we'll laugh no, no, he's politely. He's about himself as a female, almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Continue and we in the know will laugh politely at the at the funny men, and wink to each other <laughs> condescendingly. He doesn't use the word condescending, but wink, you know, yeah. behind their desperate but well-meaning backs. Um, <laughs> so you can detect a little the yeah, yeah, snark yeah. detector yeah, yeah. is going off a little yeah. bit, right? I love it. Um, 
Okay, so one of his complaints is dick and ball jokes yeah, yeah. And, and all of that. Which is now, not funny. Which is not funny. <laughs> Good That's that him. shit male humour. Yeah, yeah, Lowbrow yeah. male yeah. humour. Now, cast your mind to Ghostbusters. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. What's the first joke? Literally the first joke in Ghostbusters, it's a fart joke. Yeah. It is absolutely... I mean, and I've been through a whole bunch of reviews of people that at multiple people pick it up. They're like, Seriously, the first joke is a far joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. On the trailer. Yeah. When um um Kristen, what's her name, gets covered in the the goop. Yeah. What does she say? That stuff goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean everywhere. It gets in every crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to think you have to think to yourself, Paul, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, so I suppose really what I'm, I'm coming into a landing for here is that, um, and this is one of the contentious issues, of course, about Ghostbusters, is that there's the um, the feminism, the the power to, to women issue. Yeah, and I think it. for any executive board, which would have happened, mm. right, someone, someone bought the rights. Yep. You don't buy the rights to Ghostbusters without a considerable investment. Yep. Unless it's an inheritance or something stupid, right? right? Which does happen. Like the um, James, the the Bond series is mm. an inheritance, mm. you know, from the broccoli dynasty, so mm. to speak. Um, but you don't go down that path without a serious investment, mm. and therefore somebody made a decision to to own that, mm. to have an all female cast, and. If you start to think about um, Paul Feig and that article mm. and his tweets and the way that he, you know, and you put some jigsaw puzzles pieces together, that's Paul Feig. That's yeah. him, right? Yeah. And Mundane Matt down here had another good observation where he was talking about the other movies that Paul had made. Well, quick question. Yeah. What would be the situation in, in one sentence, what would be the situation if it was a half-female, half-male main cast? Out of the four Ghostbusters, two were chicks and two were guys. What would be the situation? What, what would, do you mean? What would we be discussing at the moment? What, well, we what do you think would be? We wouldn't. We'd would, be... No. None at all? No, we All right, wouldn't. well, how about one guy? One guy Ghostbuster and three chicks. Anything that Is was... Is there a ratio? No, no, no. Anything that was less stark than 100%, you know... You know this this um, this agenda goes to eleven. Yeah. Anything that was less stark than that, it would have just blown underneath the radar. And no, it would be and, no one, and yeah. probably wouldn't have made anywhere near the money that it made. I think perhaps the opposite is it, a lot of people when they're reviewing, they 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 say, you know, if only it would just you just had a bit of a balance, you didn't have to go to this full extreme. This is what mundane Matt is kind of pointing out. Yep. Um, when he's reviewing the movie, uh, is that he's saying that. And I haven't seen Bridesmaids or Spy, but Paul Feig is a sort of a subversive. Okay, have you seen? Have you yeah, seen any I've of seen, those? I have. I've seen enough of Bridesmaid to know the the type of movie it is. It's 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 the female version of um, Bachelor Party that we had okay, in okay. the eighties, okay. early nineties. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's mm. it's. It's the women mucking up together. Okay. All right. So it's all their humour. So I know exactly what you mean. As soon as you said it's subversive, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. He's just he's just flipping it, yeah. right? 
He's on Team Gal. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, he's on Team Gal. Okay, no, no, no. Which more is fine. More power to him, more power Which to him. Which is fine. More, we don't have a problem with that. That's right. But. Provided everyone knows what what they're expecting. Like, yeah. Like, we can't be, if you sell me a lemon and you, and, and, and you deliver me an orange, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. And most people have a problem with that. Yeah, or another problem that people might have is when somebody comes to you and says, lemons are the new orange. <laughs> And you're and, like, and you're gonna but I love used them. to you're... like oranges, yeah, yeah, yeah. damn it. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't need that orange. Yeah, yeah. You don't need no oranges. We got lemons nowadays. All right. Okay. So um, just before we leave the humor, because there's a couple of different directions we can go now, right? Um, the marketing of the, the thing and, and the humor. But before we leave the humor, we've just got to go to this. So this was collected. Yeah, show by... me mundane, Matt. Give, give us a... He's, he's, a, he's a great guy on YouTube and he mm -hmm. just he does lots of the, uh, videos and he reports on sort of things that are happening, pop culture and news and stuff. Nice. And, um, and anyway, so I'll just give you the, the simple story is that he's talking about Ghostbusters and there's an ad on TV in the US for Ghostbusters. Now, background to that is the original cut of the movie was three hours long or something crazy like that. Oh, really? And of so the, the new film? Of the new yes. one. So okay. they had to chop it down. So obviously they had lots of footage laying around. And I know from watching bits and pieces that some of the footage in this ad for Ghostbusters is in the movie, but not all of it. So some they've got some extra footage from somewhere. Whether they did a pickup and they asked all the actors to come back and they filmed them. Yeah. Or whether this footage is actually just off the the editing room floor. Yep. So to speak. Yep. So we're gonna watch this. And this will sort of tie into the things we're going to talk about. So, Ghostbusters has already started. Mm -hmm. It's in cinemas. And this ad comes on TV okay. for Ghostbusters. Okay, cool. <laughs> the ad. Now, look, I have openly criticized Metacritic websites like Rotten Tomatoes uh, and the fact that there are many, many, many people out there that treat this website as if it is the end-all or the be-all, end-all, whatever the fuck, the definitive uh, ruling on whether or not a movie oh, is I any the good. Right thing and here. in this particular case, you can see that they're like going, oh, it's like it's certified fresh at the bottom of the barrel. It's just it's it's just it's so down to the bottom of the barrel. But they're oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We might have the wrong clip here. Just give me half a sec. That's all right. Um, um, so the film has been out. And this is uh, aired. Yeah, look. Um, Don't panic if you can't find it. We can certainly. I can describe it. Yeah. Why is it not? Is not in here. Okay, I can't see it. All right, fine. We'll just move forward anyway. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, um, firstly, it has. It's got that humor that's out of the. Uh, that's out of the um, the original clip, the original yep. um, trailer. Yeah. Now you know that that type of humor. So we've already identified that there's the kind of the there's that lowbrow humor that Paul yep. Fig himself complains about. Yeah. But then there's also this other type of humor, which is I don't know how to describe it. Maybe SNL, which yeah, is yeah, that yeah. sketcher. It's this confusion humor. Yeah. Okay, where they say. Let's go down to the house. Yeah. And then somebody says, house? What house? Mm. My house? Your house? I don't know a house. Mm. Where's a house? And then they have this bizarre where they talk about that for a little while. 
It's and then they get, who's on first? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then they go off down to the house, right? So they've got that sort of thing going on. Plus, in the ad, which is thinky and smart. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if Most you pull pe- it off, if you pull it off, it can be. It can be. It can be. If you don't, you, you're left looking like a dick. A lot of people found that more that I was watching, the people who didn't like it, found that more of this bizarre distraction. Yeah. So you'd be going through the thing and there'd be a theme and you'd be on a direction. Yeah. And then everything could stop for a second and you'd talk about who's on first and who's mm. on second and what's on second and who's on first. And yeah. then that'd go on. And then after a while, we'd get back to the story and we'd move along the yeah. path again. Yeah. So they found that that to be a bit... Anyway, the ad... <clears throat> it's a bit of a shame that I haven't got it queued up here. Mm-hmm. But the ad has somebody being a jerk to chicks in it. Okay, so there's some guy and he's in a... So the, the Ghostbusters are practicing with their new weapons. All right. All right. Mm. So they're practicing with their weapons. They've all got their kit. And some guy comes down and says, you know, you guys are going to be fighting, you know, ghosts. And it's like, yeah, well, chicks can't fight ghosts because ghosts are scared chicks. Is this in the film? This is... Well, this is in the ad... Whether it came off the cutting room floor oh, okay. or yeah, they yeah, did it yeah, with yeah, pickups, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it's in the ad. So he says, you know. But it's not in the film. It's not in the film. It's not in the film, but it's, they made an ad yes. out of something. Out out of something. Whether they made pickups. To win or, public opinion and about the film. Used, yeah. And so they said, chicks can't catch ghosts, you know, because <laughs> you guys are lame. But of course the chicks have all got these weapons. Yeah, yeah. And so they shoot his, like, moped. And they yeah. blow up his moped. And... I've seen that the, the, the moped exploding shot is, is actually in the movie. So, so, end result is that Sony's using this as part of their marketing. This angle is part of their marketing. So there's another interesting question about what came first, you know, the, uh, the chicken or the egg, mm. you know. Did they think to themselves, ah, oh, we'll just do this... Um, We'll just do this, turn it on its head, and chuck all the chicks in. Yeah. Then suddenly they got this ton of hate coming yeah, at yeah. them. And then they thought, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And then they thought, well, shit, how can we use this to our advantage? And then they went. And they come and, up with that. And they come up with these type of things. There's another rumor about the uh, the trailer. They're, they're, they're potentially trying to cash in on the overwhelming fascination with drama that, yeah. pe- that people have at the moment. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can get the best feel-good story out there, but mm. you'll never get as many hits as drama. And no. the drama has, can be happening to totally inconsequential celebrity wannabe idiots that, you know, the the, the Bachelor runner-up. What? What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How does he even have a name, let alone a title? Yeah. And and yet we're, we're hearing drama that he was caught in a nightclub. And really? Mm. Why the fuck do I give up a... Because this fascination with drama, and mm. they're cashing in on that. They're bringing drama that's existing in the critique world, in the in the appraisal of this piece of art, mm. and they're using that drama to sell tickets. Because then they can say, people only hate this movie because, for some bizarre yeah. ideological reason. Yeah, yeah. They haven't even seen the damn movie, yeah. right? Yeah, And they hate it, right? And so then they can say, well, that's unfair. So and then then the, the wink to the audience is yeah. well it's really a good movie it's just for some reason a bunch of idiots mm. four million idiots just for some reason just decided to yeah you know to hate it for some reason yeah no you're right and I think I think on one end on the, on one end of the spectrum you've got people that are way too passionate about a film mm. and they wouldn't like 
if it didn't exist, then you'd have nothing to talk about anyway. So mm. the other end of the spectrum is is that that lack of passion that and, and but everyone seems to have an opinion about it. Yeah, that's right. And that's unique. That's what makes it unique. Yeah. And that's why so many people are sort of interested in it. I'm interested in it without having any interest in actually watching the film. Similar to yourself. Mm. That the people sometimes the people that watch the art mm. to me is more interesting than mm. the art. Mm. Especially if you ever get wrapped up in the champagne sipping um commissioned artwork mm. field. That's capital A. Yeah. Artiste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you, where you need a benefactor to survive and all the rest of it. They mm. make more money and get more grants, mm. but um, they don't, yeah. I've got opinions about artists <laughs> versus artists. So the, 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 uh, the Mindomo map, you're going to make this available uh, with, a sh with a link? Yeah, yeah, we'll put the link to it in the, in the chat so that people can come in and, and check it out and you can cruise up and down here and... And we'll also various different things. Eventually, we'll have. Um, we've already got sort of some domains and things like that, so we're going to set up a website that'll centralise a lot of this stuff. Yep. Um, you know, links to the Mindomo and and various things. We hope to give away stuff, have guests, the whole thing, and turn it into a, a bit of a show. But for now, we I'm really interested in in um, in how this Mindomo. This essentially for a, a bunch of other content out there, this would be like show notes. But it goes so far beyond that because mm. the, it'll be like a matrix of of geeky stuff. Yeah, just a little co collection that yeah. you can manoeuvre around and, and check out. Absolutely. Okay, I've got uh, I've got something for you. Yep. And every year at this I time, way stuff have guests, the whole thing. And turn hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. A bit of a show. You can tell but that for um, now. We I'm really interested. I'm listening in, to us in, um, in how this. There we go. Yep, go ahead. Okay, so at this time of year, it's a magical, magical time of year. Mm -hmm. And the reason for it is that the San Diego Comic-Con is on. Yep. And it is the, the launch for many intellectual property and venture and direction for global conglomerates and things like that. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be this, this one event which has such a major voice for so many intellectual property projects and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, plus, there's a whole bunch of people running around in cosplay, and it's just a surreal. It'd be surreal. I'd, one time in my life, I'd like to go there. Mm -hmm. There's two two places I'd like to go in the states, or two events. One is SIGGRAPH, mm -hmm. and one is the Comic Con. Mm -hmm. um, but. Because this time of the year is upon us, we start to see these sorts of things. Um, they're new trailers. And man, there are some pretty wicked trailers out there at the moment. I'm not going to uh, go through a lot of these um, by, by playing them. I might, I might play some snippets of, of a couple here. Um, but I wanted to cover some of the stuff that's coming out, some of the stuff to be excited about. Um, on a home front, we've got a lot of young artists that we teach in our day job, so to speak, mm -hmm. that have gone on to actually work on the uh, Batman, the new Batman Lego movie that's coming out. That's an Animal Logic. Uh, uh, we've got a lot of um, really talented young artists that have gone on to work at Animal Logic. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very good strategic partnership that we have with that, that company, and they're doing some great stuff. 
There's a really cool uh, new trailer, which I might show in a second, but the big stuff to come out in the last couple of days has been the new Justice League trailer. Yeah, which is that. it's an exclusive trailer. I'm going to show. We'll show that. We'll have a. Oh, actually, cancel that. We'll have a look at this one first. And this is um, following footage prepared by the filmmakers as a special look for the fans at the Comic Con. There is a cool. stranger who comes to this village from the sea. He comes in the winter when people are hungry and brings fish. Comes on the king tide. That was last night. Talk. So that's the guy I was talking about mm -hmm. that played the he played the Dothraki warrior in the first season of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, he also played Conan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I got a feeling that <clears throat> he he might. Not be wearing contacts in that shot. His eyes actually ah, look like right, that. Okay. Yeah. And he's built like a tank. Yeah. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors. This stranger. Others like him. I'm building an alliance to defend us. It's very important that I see this man. Barry Allen. Bruce Wayne. You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair. He said he'll fight with us? More or less. Yeah, there might be contacts here. More, more, or more, or less? Probably more or less. He said no. He said no. Look, man, I don't know who you are, but whoever you're looking for. The Flash. <laughs> and I love this. This vortex um, dimensional thing that they're going to go with, with Flash. But I love this moment. Not only has he realized that that's Play Batman. Fast. That feels like an oversimplification. I'm putting together a team. People with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. <laughs> Great. Can I keep this? Didn't think you were real. I'm real and it's useful. So, that's the first one. Well, that looks pretty serious, doesn't it? Tell me, though, did you not... <clears throat> were there not moments that were really, really cool? Yeah. And then there were other weird bits in that. Yeah, uh, most trailers do that to me generally. Yeah. It's often the dialogue that gets to be the weird bits. Did you see when they were, there were four heroes there and they're standing in a doorway and then there was another doorway across this thing, mm -hmm. this opening or whatever, there's another doorway over there and that's when they stop and sort of 
think Cyborg talks talks to Batman there at the end. Uh-huh. Um, there, where is it? Here. Um, it's shots like these, and and it makes you think. That's a bridge. Like you've decided to show us. The first shot of the whole trailer where all four of them are together mm-hmm. and their adversary is a is a bridge <laughs> and a door. True. They didn't really hint at the uh the adversary. They didn't offer offer anything. They just Yeah. Almost yeah. nothing, did they? Well the only thing is Batman early on when he's right trying to talk. Yeah, he says something about something. a threat from far off. Yeah. It looks interesting. Where, where do you sit with D, with DC off. and um, does that mean Superman and they Marvel? Think Superman's the threat. The oh, threat? S- well, Superman's definitely not dead because he's in the posters. Yeah, yeah, he's on the posters. Um, but I haven't seen him in this trailer, That's and I don't I know saying. whether it's, it's because conspicuously missing. I don't know whether it's because they decided to end the last. They should never have left the last movie with him being dead. Mm. What's the fucking point of that? Like, mm. why do we have to go down that now? Mm. See, if he comes into this film, we have to deal with that. He'd have and, to be and, in the same universe uh, with an excuse or a different universe yeah. with a confusing. Where are we now? Again? And it's either a one sentence. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Or we have to go through it. You yeah. Know? Do we have to go and find him <laughs> and bring him back? And he doesn't want to be a hero anymore and all that shit. Mm. Uh, they should never have killed him mm. in the end of it. And and that's. Rob, what's his name? Schneider. Mm-hmm. That's his fault. He made the decision. I don't know. I'm blaming him for now because it's in his special edition. Have you watched? No, you haven't watched the original yet. The original of what? There's two versions of the um, Batman Superman movie. Okay. The one that came out. Um, what? There's a director's cut. Yeah, yeah. There's a director's cut. So Thirty minutes of extra footage. Okay. That's a pretty serious director's cut. Thirty minutes. Come on, that's half an hour of exposition yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's decided to include to give you a better indication of what he was trying. I think what happened is public opinion, um, Marvel, mm. Disney, mm. Marvel, um, they're actually pretty, they listen to their fans. Mm. And if there's a groundswell of disagreement, they address it. They And all the power to them, I think they should. I think... People these days expect to be listened to because they can be listened to. Because everyone has a voice. Because everybody has a voice. And you can leave a comment on a video or you can leave a comment on a trailer and people expect that you should be aware of that if you're producing some sort of content that's meant to be, you know, aimed at people who actually do care about Mm. that stuff. Yep. And, yeah, all too often you see in both games and movies and videos where for some reason that people seem to be in their own little little world mm-hmm. and you think you know what are you doing i mean you might have a dream you might have a vision for what this thing could be but if it's not jiving with people's expectations and their desires absolutely why are you doing it for absolutely and how many films have we seen made 20 years before the audience was made mm. you know that that at the time people look at it and go what the fucking hell is this and mm. then 10 15 years later people get it mm. because the guy's before his time mm. or or whatever yeah you're right all the planets have to line up mm. um so some big ones there i won't i won't uh i, saw I want the you wonder to have woman a, one right i watched the wonder woman oh the good because i don't want to play it but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you watched it um what do you think and i thought it didn't suck i think oh, i was the same one of the things that um 
big it, challenge though. How the hell do you get first world water look sexy? Yeah, and how do you get um, <laughs> you know the slightly cheesy? This is always the challenge, right? Having these cheesy comic book heroes that look good as yeah, icons yeah. in comic books. Yep. You know, with their spandex, you know, specular highlights covering them. How do you get that to look mm. serious in a world when you're trying to be serious? Absolutely, because cartoons didn't do it. Like we used to w get up and watch the um, the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. They didn't do it. No. Um, and they were consistently trying to capture the, <clears throat> the might and power of, you know, it never mm. seemed to work. But, mm. yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. I think it was um, part... Partly, they had a very serious tone to it, mm -hmm. um, which I think was reflected in like the end credits when they've got the music coming up, and that's they had the sort of the inception, boom, mm. you know that's that that's the yeah. we're serious sound, yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely, and they had yeah, and it was all kind of gritty, you know, they had that first world war thing where it's all gritty and it's the opposite of shiny, mm. and she's all got you know dirt and crap all over and all yeah. that sort of stuff and. And then the other the other part of it, I think, is you've got to go halfway, halfway with making it real, and you mm. know how they've got the new spot, uh, the new Superman with the sort of um, carbon fiber looking things. So yeah. It's not this shiny yeah. thing. They 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 twist it just slightly, just so that it'll work. Yeah. And then the other one is you just then take everybody along with you in the ride, and you just say, "Well, Wonder Woman's taking this shit seriously." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you should too. Absolutely. <laughs> right. She's yeah, yeah. not making campy jokes about her she sets outfit. the bar yeah, yeah yeah she says i'm serious about this shit mm. even though i'm wearing stuff that's not armor she's gonna fight. be like we see guys like ben affleck <clears throat> coming into batman um we see the the superman the the new superman mm. um people seem to have an affection for him you know and, and i think he'll probably be a superman for a little while mm. um, and then eventually oh. we'll have no superman never, i was never really um enamored with superman oh, but i i think she'll be around for a while her character she's there's something about this actress she's oh, right, she's okay. just got this film i, presence. Like she had awesome. an accent. I thought she's, that was cool that's what i was about yeah, to say yeah i think it brings so much to the role yeah. and and it, it's natural to her um and she has this it's not just a stage presence it's, yes she's got this special look in front of the camera but she she commands mm. a certain level of respect. She held her own in the scenes that she shared with Batman and Superman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as an actress, mm -hmm. it can't be hard. It can't be easy. That's Ben Affleck there, you yeah, know, yeah. and he's in a bat suit, you yeah, know, yeah. and that's Superman. And I'm in this little skimpy cheerleader outfit, whatever. <laughs> um, one thing I, th I thought was um, interesting, I I was showing Leanne the, the trailer and I thought, I said to her, I've always had a bit of a problem with Wonder Woman that I don't really know the law, so I don't know, is she a god? What A bullet's an issue to her? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, um, and in this film, she's using a shield, Yeah, right? And then right in front of me, I saw the answer mm. as to why bullets weren't a problem for her in this film, mm. at least. Someone had come up with a pose, when bullets were coming at her, there's a big, you know, semi-machine gun or something. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. She's got the shield. Yeah. But she's standing with her knee forward and her knee has a metal guard on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And her other leg has, like, her skirt mm -hmm. has metal sort of flanges mm -hmm. that come down, right? Mm -hmm. So when she stood in this pose, if I was to take a camera around in front, yeah, I would see nothing but metal. Yeah, 
Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Whoever came up with that. And I don't know whether I just caught it at the right angle and, and noticed something. I've got a feeling they come up with an answer to that. Because mm. um, I've got a feeling she is susceptible to to bullets. You will notice there's some there's a lot of TV stuff here, right? But there's some interesting... The new Blair Witch um, trailer. Watch that at your own peril. <laughs> It's a freaky one. Um, <laughs> this one I saw. What, what the, this what, one's very interesting. What's the this, deal with this? this well, I'll put it on, but we won't. Um, but we'll turn the audio off and just have a look at some of the vision. Because you know, and we've been discussing this from the. Tell me. From the start with the Ghostbusters and thing about Hollywood doing yep. remakes and not coming up with original content, and you yep. can see that that page. Mm. The, I've got a lot of that on there. The most <clears throat> rewritten story is the Arthur tale. Yeah, right. It's It's been rebirthed so many times. And I think Robin Hood is right up there yeah, in, the, in, the, in the top five as well. Um, but this looks interesting. Mm. This When I looked at it, it's got a strong cast. Uh, the main character, a lot of people would probably confuse him for the guy in Vikings. He's mm. not in Vikings. He's one of the lead Actors in the TV series, the, the the motorbike gang TV series. I just can't remember what it is. Um, he's a good actor, very strong actor. Um, the bad guy's pretty good. The Jude Law mm, character okay. looks pretty good. I'm assuming that he's a bad guy. But even the the guy that was just flashed up, and, and of course, uh-huh. Guy Ritchie. Uh-huh. Guy Ritchie is a brilliant director. Uh-huh. He's, he's a director that's not afraid to play with cameras, with with lenses um there's this really cool shot that he creates in the first or second sherlock holmes movie Mm -hmm. guy guy ritchie directed the sherlock holmes films and we're looking at a stamp on a wooden a piece of wood Mm -hmm. the stamp is a destination i think is some sort of location and then the camera moves up the piece of wood only for us to find that it's actually upside down because we see sky and the skies are, and it and it goes all the way over until it's facing the other direction, uh-huh. and then the two main characters walk through oh, underneath okay. the camera. Yeah, okay. And there's not a lot of directors doing that <laughs> nowadays. You yeah. know, it's just not. You know, the the inventiveness has sort of gone out of cinematography at the, uh, in the last few years. Yeah, it's. Too easy to sit down and mm. yeah, do it this by thing, the numbers. This thing here looks like it's got some magic. It's got some wizardry. Which I'm, I'm getting some Hobbit vibes. It always had Merlin, mm-hmm. but Merlin was always has always been as far as modern cinema played down a little bit mm. for his magical prowess. It was more potions mm. and things like that. Mm. Very successful TV series is the um, the Merlin TV series with the young Merlin. Don't know. It's on a Sunday afternoon. It's been, oh, right. been around for the last couple of years. I, I'd never got into it. Didn't like it too much. Okay. Um, so that's a pretty good one. This one we're going to have a look at. It's a survey job. Very excited about this. Yeah. I got even more excited. I got less excited when I saw Sam Jackson. Okay. Mainly because it's an unknown quantity. Sometimes yeah. brilliant. Sometimes it's really shit. But then I saw John Candy as the... The older, he looked like a scientist type of guy. Not John Candy. No, it's not John Candy. John Goodman. Uh, Way off basic. Yo. 
Yeah, yeah. There he is. Yeah. He looks like he's lost a lot of weight. You are going to tell me everything I don't know? Well, that's... Or I'm going to blow your head off. So, once again, we've got some sort of scientist guy dragging a whole bunch of innocent people into the jaws of death and well, destruction. Kong's already downed his first aeroplane, yeah. so that's a, that's a theme there. They've got there. I spent 30 years trying to prove the truth. So the cast looks great. The supporting actors, even Hiddleston and, um, like, the female actress. I can't remember her name, but she's, she's a good actress. So it looks interesting. My guess is that we're looking at a, a real popcorn movie. Mm. Um, I would have had a very different opinion of it if that trailer had no voiceover content, no vocals, mm -hmm. just visions, mm -hmm. music and vision, yeah? There is a... Just um, because when Sam Jackson starts breaking into the Braveheart moment... Inspiring mm -hmm. the troops. That's a different movie altogether, <laughs> isn't it? Did you see that in in the original Jurassic Park? Did you see that? Have you ever seen that where it's not just the total U.S. Armageddon cheese ball friggin' yeah. fest? I, I'm worried. I'm, I saw a lot of cool things there. I saw saw definitely saw some stuff I want to see. Mm. But have do you think based on the trailer alone? Have they missed an opportunity kind to recover did, from the last King Kong movie? Kind of did remind me of uh, Godzilla a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And Samuel L. Jackson is, of course, and somebody pointed this out. I'm not sure who pointed this out. But Samuel L. Jackson is only good when he's yelling his head off and to, like getting super aggressive. If he's yeah. not yelling his head off and getting super aggressive, then he's not... He's being wasted in the movie. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so my question actually is, mm. am I looking at... Now, we, we, you know, get into these bizarre terms, but is it a reboot, a soft reboot? Yeah. A rerun? Absolutely. Is it the original Kong? Are or, we going to get... Are we, any of those people aware of any of the events from the original films? For or any, is it from just going to be King Kong, the story yeah. told again, and is it going to end up on the... Empire State Building or whatever it is. Absolutely. Do we do we end up in another country or they've just got helicopters instead of biplanes these days? The in this movie. Jackson film was in the what is it, twenties, thirties? Something like that. that? Yeah. The flappy flapper ages, the mm. Gatsby sort of period. Mm. Um so it could be. It could be a 
I noticed they were walking underneath a um, a bipedal femur. Is that the lower leg femur? Not sure. Can't remember. You know, the lower leg's got the two bones. Yeah, there, yeah. And they were walking underneath it. Uh-huh. It looked, and the foot was the way it was sort of. So it could potentially be there could be more on the island. They certainly had the island. They had the uh, the natives on the island. Yeah. They had. Did they have dinosaurs? Well, there was, uh, yeah, big dinosaur bones. Are we going to see dinosaurs? Oh, I imagine we would. So some some like- say the worst Peter Jackson scene mm. in history mm. is the dinosaur stampede ch- uh, scene from the original King Kong. It's a little cartoony. Oh, <laughs> and it's probably not the just most... Just treadmill running. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Where is that? Where, that's where you just did Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> and that's where you just took us? I was so disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And he true. hasn't brought me back yet. No. He has not brought me back to where he had me at the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I thought he was one of the greatest filmmakers. Mm. And true. And it could be just circumstance, man. It could be, he just went in a different direction. He wants mm. to make different mm. things, whatever. I don't know. He might have reached the p- pinnacle that he wanted to reach. Um, okay, so I showed you really good. Okay. You wanted to know where... Um where um, Wonder Woman got her armour from. <laughs> from Sparta. That's where she got it from. Check check this trailer out. This does look not... at all the, all the green, <laughs> green screen spill on everyone. Uh, I was going to say, this does not look like... Uh... <laughs> They're from the land of no contrast. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's no colour grade. But yet, we have scientists. Wait. This is a trailer. This is a fair trailer. It was in that this same list of trailers. This looks like today. Nothing like it did 2,500 years ago. This is the site of the most famous last stand in history. But we're here to ask whether it ever intended to be, or indeed had to be. So this is a doco? Is this what this it's is? cardboard. Cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? And that's how a battle works. <laughs> yeah, they gr- grimace at each other. Just <laughs> poke each other's shields and just yeah, put it in, boys. It's the mother of all legends. The most famous last stand in history. It's possibly the world's favourite legend. The ultimate sacrifice? The legend is fabulous. What are we watching, dude? It's a documentary. It's this is. It's a documentary. It is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The face stab. (laughs) And it wasn't suicide. Spartans. Greeks, the order for today is to kill as many barbarians as we can. Make sure they never forget who we are. You know his name's Trevor. (laughs) Yeah. Bazza. So, what I learnt from that is anybody can get a trailer on IMDb trailers. <laughs> um, We've all learned something today, oh, I think. Like, it's so poor that I can't believe their science. So, hang on. This is a documentary. Can we go back? Can we it's get a doco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a documentary. Seen- and, like, I, I'm dead serious. It's so bad, I can't believe their science. They're going to they're gonna say something that the real yeah, yeah, story yeah, 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 yeah. The real story is this. 
if the real story was that interesting, you would have had enough people invest in your project so that you could do a fucking colour grade <laughs> or get rid of that green screen spill. It is terrible. It's terrible. And I, I thought it was like a spoof. I couldn't when, help I, th- when I first saw it. Yeah. I thought there's there's stars. There is a full cast. Of, it looks like they're post. Like this looks good. See that there? That would be on a. Um, Oh, no, that's, oh, that's a different movie altogether. Oh, I thought that was one of their pieces of artwork. <laughs> that's why it looks good. Yeah, it does actually look good. Um, yeah, this is their... That that probably goes on their... That um, dude's helmet's too big. And what... Can you remember the... Um, I can't remember the actual name of the font. Even but the remember text. the font that yeah, no one's yeah, allowed to, to use? Say, look at the font. Papyrus. The Papyrus. <laughs> Do they have a drop shadow on that? They've got a drop shadow on it. They've used Papyrus. Are they, are they... Is that seriously Papyrus? It's Papyrus. <laughs> and... And rightly so. I mean, well, it's it is ancient Greek. In, in papyrus land, no doubt they were writing all over. I couldn't resist when I was going through it's the trailers. Historically authentic. I, I just couldn't resist. So, last thing I want to touch on, and this is more of a um, a resource slash asset. Um, we've spoken about IMDb before as a great resource. We use it quite a bit, um, but a lot of people would be familiar with this list. And this is the worldwide yep. uh, box office list. And we look at films in the top 10 of Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars, Force Awakens, Jurassic World, The Avengers, Furious 7. What's the time frame here we're looking at? Is this all the, time or something? No, or no. Well, this is what you get when you look up. And this is a great site too. I want to bring attention to these guys. We're going to use them regularly. Box Office Mojo. Mm-hmm. They've got some great stuff. And, and that's really what I'm talking about at the moment is mm. off Box Office Mojo. Mm. But I'm also talking about some of the stuff we're going to regularly revisit. Yep. Um, so this is your Box Office Unadjusted. Okay. Okay. So this is all-time earnings unadjusted. Okay. So you're obviously not putting Avatar up against... Gone with the Wind or the original Star Wars of its time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Box Office Mojo does offer adjusted for inflation. Cool. So if we click on that one, we get a little bit more of a an indicator, but, the wind. but you've got to be careful yeah. because most movies prior to 1980 had a re-release after 1980. Right, okay. To the cinema. Gone with the Wind went back to the cinema. Oh, couple of times. Lots of Disney cartoons went back to the cinema. Nobody Um, had television or the internet in those days. Seven seven Dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. 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 An opportunity to go back down to the cinema and check it out. Absolutely. Um, Interesting. And and also they would revamp the footage. Some of those movies were shot in colour but released in black and white and and so they would be re-released, right? So you've got to be careful. When you you read this stuff, you've got to be careful. But I think it's a pretty good, accurate look at what... Um, these films made in today's dollars, mm. yeah? And so we're looking at Gone with the Wind, Star Wars, Sound of Music, E.T., the extraterrestrial, Titanic, um, Ten Commandments, Jaws, Dr. Zhivago, The Exorcist, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So that's the top 10 domestic gross movies adjusted for today's market. Now, of that list, that's a pretty pretty bloody hard list to crack into because look at look at some of these figures um when we consider star wars force awakens grossed nine 
936 million and everyone was ranting at it considering gone gone with the wind and the original star wars is one and a half a billion dollars adjusted um it's a pretty top it's a pretty difficult list to crack into and to move it's pretty imagine it's pretty amazing star wars force awakens managed to jump in there look at all those other movies absolutely and and, the, and them, the years that they were oh, um, except What's the youngest movie apart from Star Wars that's in there? Titanic. Uh, Titanic, yeah, and Avatar would be somewhere Avatar. in that in that and list. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But the most most Hang of on, them. How much of Star Wars is in there? Well, Star Wars. This Star one. Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Yeah, yeah. There's three. There's three. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and depending on what list you look at, if you looked at the non-adjusted, if we go back one, this is the non-adjusted list. Um, Star Wars gets a pretty good. It's number three, uh-huh. but then when we come down here, we start to run into Phantom Menace and and then the original Star Wars. So, and then even Revenge of the Sith is fiftieth in oh, the, so in this list. But this is what you're looking at is a tally sheet in a marketing exercise mm-hmm. because that's judging a movie on sale. Mm-hmm. And we all know that you can sell a million units of a piece of shit mm-hmm. or 50 units of a of a million-dollar product. Which one would you prefer to have? The one that sold the most of mm. or the one that's worth more? Mm. Yeah. And so this is not the list that I'm more interested in for us to talk about regularly, although this is fascinating and we, we will regularly come back here. There's some stuff I'll show you in a second. Um, but it's this one. This is the IMDb Top 250. And these are voted. So if I hover this, it'll say, based on 1.68 million user ratings. Interesting. Yes, mate. This is judging the film as a film and has nothing to do with the box office, box mm. office earnings of it. You've got movies like The 12 Angry Men, not a big box office film. Um the good, the bad, the ugly is somewhere in this in this top twenty. Hmm. Um, you've got New Hope down at twenty. Goodfellas, and this one it just is rock solid. No one yeah. has been able to knock this puppy off. But just like the last list, this is a very difficult one to break into. Because look at the company, look at the company in the top ten. Then Fight Club, Fight Club, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, Lord of the Rings, Pulp Fiction, Twelve Angry Men, Schindler's List, The Dark Knight. This one interests me. Um, Godfather, Godfather Part Two, and the God. Look at this <laughs> f- for an achievement as for a director. Yeah, yeah. These two, um, these two here. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's crazy, crazy, man. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. And considering, it sort of makes sense that Lucas was his assistant director on Apocalypse Now. I think Lord of the Rings is in there, and if you go down below. Return of the King or something, rather? Is there two Lord of the Rings? We've got Lord of the Rings, Return of the King at eight, and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship yeah. of the Ring at 11. There you go. And so Lord of the Rings, Two Towers <laughs> at 15. That's all three. Great. Now, this is voted on by <clears throat> members of IMDb. Mm. You don't become a member of IMDb if you aren't a cinephile. You know what I mean? You, you've got to be really interested mm. And, and and then you've got to be a, a vote-casting member. That's a special mm. breed as well. 
Um, I love these because you can hover over them and see the sorts of numbers of people that gave it a rating. That's very interesting in itself. So you've got one here, 1.68 million people gave it an average rating of 9.2. Mm. That means a shitload of people gave it 10. Mm. Yeah. Lots of people gave it 10. Yeah, because that's the average. Yeah. So if we come down here, Seven Samurai, you've got only 200,000 people gave it a rating, but of those, they gave it that. Mm. So it also pays to work out, well, how many? What's that, what's that a study out of? But look at this list. I tell my students, man, if you... If you profess to be interested in film, especially those ones that want to make film, mm. that want to go out and make short films and things like that, I say that top 50 in that list, you should know intimately. Mm -mm. Intimately. You should know the cinematography of it, the language of it, the music of it, the, everything that makes it what it is. You should study it until you can't study it anymore and then study it more. be interesting to try and sort of work out what it is about those movies that um, yeah, that makes them so appealing. Uh, because their topics are all different, right? Absolutely. It's not Every like they're all comedies or they're all action movies and everybody like likes yep. action movies. Very few of these make don't make sense in this list. Mm. You know, Seven, not my sort of movie, but man, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Silence of the Lambs, not my sort of movie, but mm. brilliant for what it is. Mm. Some of the great dialogue back and forward between Hannibal Lecter and, and mm. her. The, it's just brilliant. And you come down this list, American History X, Saving Private Ryan, Spirited Away. So you've got some animated City titles Lights. in here. City That's Lights, 1931. Chaplin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 How many how many votes did you get there? Yeah, see, 100,000. That's not too bad. Raiders of the Lost Ark, un, in, uh, Untouchables, Terminator. See, some of these are tentpole films, mm. but they just happen to be good mm. as well. Mm. A lot of people rate... Um, Terminator 2 mm. as a film, mm. as a as a narrative piece. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I want to enter this into the record as a common point of reference for our conversations moving forward about film. Um, realistically, this list can be used as a control of quality, of of, of a commonly sort of... A common level that is that is decided upon, or at least common to a large amount of people, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I mean, like we said before, you can talk about a com a subject in a room full of people that are passionate about that subject. Mm. That is not a very good place to talk about that subject. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's it's completely a one sided room. You, yeah, yeah. you have to have objective um, uh, appraisal of. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what this is. This yep. is this completely objective. Um, nothing, you can't buy these votes. No. And you can tell by the list that these votes haven't been bought. Whereas these ones, have by, by definition, they have been purchased. It would be nice to do a correlation between the two. And see where, where they match up and where they don't match up. That'd be interesting. Absolutely, mm. yeah. There are, there are correlations, you'll notice there. That you know, you got Lord of the Rings in these ones, a couple of Star Wars ones. Um, but what I think is really damning is when you see stuff like this, when you see Titanic, mm -hmm. I don't even think it's in the top 50 of the IMDb of the, of the other list. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. No. Not a lot of one word. There's Alien, Dr. Strangelove, yeah. I mean, these are great films. I mean, it's, 
And and so it's just interesting. I just think it's very interesting that a film that can make as much as the Titanic did or Avatar did, uh, they're not in this list. Then was was Monty Python? Monty Python. Yeah, yeah, cool. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, great film. Pan's Labyrinth. Blade Runner. Runner. Down, way down the list. It's good that this is a 250 list as well. Mm. Because you really see... You need that room, probably. You need the range. Because you're still in the eights. Yeah. Down here at 150. Yeah, you're still in the eights. And we're still talking about films like um, Force Awakens at 143. The Elephant Man. Do you know who uh, produced The Elephant Man? Nope. Mel Brooks. <laughs> wow. Um, so, that's awesome. that's going to get locked into the uh, Mindomo Matrix and, and uh, we'll rel- regularly revisit the IMB, IMDb 250 yep. list. <clears throat> and also, we'll regularly tap into this one here. Um, probably the last thing I want to show you is this... Um, uh, in the box office mojo side. I love these showdowns. In the showdowns, they put movies up against one another. And we can look at the 2016 superhero showdown and we can see some pretty cool cool figures here, um, including their production budgets as a compact Look at 50, 58 million mm-hmm. for Deadpool, mm. yet it made 364 million domestic gross. Yeah. You come down here, you can start to compare opening weekend, theatres, average. You've got a lot of detail here. Um, and then you get into worldwide stuff. So worldwide gross, it didn't, too, didn't do too bad, mm. Deadpool, for considering what they spent on it. Mm. 50, yeah. 53 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy crap. But I love this. And, and you've even got stuff like um, genre-specific stuff. So you can go franchise X-Men. Where is it sit in the franchise X-Men? And then you click on it and you can get a list of the number one is Deadpool, number two is... And so this is a, a listing based on box office takings um, on each film. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's heaps of them. Uh, there's heaps of these showdowns. So we'll probably... We'll regularly revisit the box office mojo stuff and we'll also have a look regularly at the IMDb top 50... Uh, top 250 list um, as we move through films that are coming out and stuff like that. Sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah. man. So that might uh, that might do us for the day. Awesome. I'm going to play this in the background while we sign out. Still not sure exactly. <laughs> this is an alternative. Uh, last week I showed you um, uh, a musical artist, a musical animator, or, anima- uh, or animation of a musician yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. This is a different person. But it's a very striking resemblance when you look at his site. Uh, the site, the YouTube site, is Andy Filibrown uh, or Filibron. It's probably Filibrown. Um, and he's got a lot of stuff like this. What I liked about this one is that it actually has the the keys. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. And the the icons are coming through the keys. And that's what we are hearing yeah, when yeah. they reach these keys here. And the lengths of them are the sustains. Mm. It's really cool. What you're seeing off on the far left and right is what's in the center, but pushed out in, in 3D space mm. out wide. And that's why it doesn't look like it quite matches. But if you study it a little bit, you can start to see the correlation. 
Franzose. Ja. So that's it for us for another week. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, join us next week when we talk about more things geeky. And uh, is there any homework you'd like me to do through the week, Dan? Uh, I haven't think, thought about homework. Um, I know what we both probably, need to do. What's that? I watched Zootopia the other day in 3D oh. on, on the big screen out, out in the theatre room. Yeah, yeah. And um, you've got to join me for... Uh, we'll, I think we should do uh, Zootopia. We'll, we'll start up early, we'll come over and we'll do Zootopia and then we'll talk about it a little bit in the next show. Sounds good, man. It's beautiful to look at. Yeah, and from yeah. us uh, gaf- graphic geeks, 19 bounces in the render. Oh. And it's... <laughs> stunning to look at really really beautiful so that's that's what we'll do uh, next week awesome anything uh, any parting words um, no but um, we'll just keep adding to our network of information and uh, yeah I'll begin to check out IMDB and um, watch Mojo they sound like um, really interesting places to investigate it's always interesting to look at the look at those numbers and mm. see what they mean. Sometimes mm. you can actually bring up in that uh, in that Mojo site the studios, mm. and then you can see what they've made every year as a studio over mm. the last X amount of years, and you can see certain points where their profits go down, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden in one year they jump back up, they almost triple, and it makes you wonder: Did you just hire a new CEO? And you make you want to go down that rabbit hole and find out what changed. They're what really, did you do differently there? It's really a bit of a gambling business that they're in, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, one yeah. thing I can tell you, uh, without going into detail, the biggest, the biggest studio at the moment is Buena Vista. Mm-hmm. Is Disney? Oh. That's Buena Vista is what they use when they don't use Disney. Okay. With the castle, oh, right, like okay. you can't. Could you could you imagine sitting down to a Star Wars movie oh, okay. with it, with the cut the Disney mm-hmm. castle at the start? Mm-hmm. People would be outraged. Yeah. Um, but somewhere there, it's Buena Vista, and right. that's where they release their non Mickey Mouse type shit. Man, they're kicking ass. Mm-hmm. They are so far in front of anyone else at the moment mm-hmm. in, in yearly profits. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they own everything. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for us and. Uh, next week we hope to have some nice links and stuff in place so people can send us emails things like that we'll start interacting we want to really start interacting with people um, and that'll be ready hopefully by next week sounds good well, I'll say that's cool. it until next week bye for now catch up <laughs>